Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. A word from the Lord takes us from being lonely to being surrounded by people. A word from the Lord takes us from trying to hide on some land for fear of our life to owning the land. A word from the Lord will make it all right. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of God stands forever. Join me in the word today in Genesis, the 28th chapter, starting with the 10th verse. Again, that is Genesis chapter 28. I pray that you don't have trouble finding that book. Starting with the 10th verse, and I'm going to read all the way down to the 19th verse from the New King James Version. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set and he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head and he lay down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth and its top reached to heaven And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and the east, to the north and the south, And in you and your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? There is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put at his head, set it up as a pillow and poured oil on top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel, but the name of that city had been lose previously. The word of God for the people of God, thanks be to God. For the time that is ours to share in the word today, I want to talk a little bit about a pillow for the promise. A pillow for the promise. Uh, I've been on a health kick recently, a new health kick because of the pandemic. I've been walking around my neighborhood. I've been running at the local track, and I even purchased a new bike that I get somewhere between 8 and 12 miles uh, for exercise. Uh, But I've been reading that one of the best things that I can do 
for exercise and my health in general, rather, not just exercise, but one of the best things I could be doing to make myself healthy is sleep. Without enough regular sleep, you run the risk of gaining weight, becoming depressed, increasing your chances of heart disease and stroke. There was a journalist by the name of Maddie Stone that wrote that you need sleep in order not to feel like garbage the next day. Sometimes the healthiest thing you can do or the healthiest activity you can have is no activity. Just shut everything down and go to sleep. Recently, an entire uh, industry has grown up around the importance of getting a good night's sleep. Popular sleep trackers such as Fitbit and Aura Ring can give you insight into how well you sleep at night. I even have a CPAP machine that I sleep with, and the app in the morning will tell me how much I tossed and turned, how many times I stopped breathing, what kind of restful quality sleep I got, and for how many hours. Uh, how my breathing was, and if the overall sleep quality was good. I want to wake up in the morning and see a smiley face on my CPAP, because that means I've gotten a good night's sleep. Uh, one stage of quality sleep is a rapid eye movement, or REM sleep. And in this stage, your brain activity almost operates as if you're awake. But this is the stage where you're most likely to dream. And according to Maddie Stone, uh, research suggests that REM and deep sleep together play an important role in memory consolidation and stabilization. If you don't get enough sleep, you're not going to feel good the next day, but also you're going to miss out on some valuable dream time in which your brain is doing some important work. Uh, during ancient biblical times, they thought that dreaming was the way that God spoke to the people, so you would want to have good sleep. And in this text, we encounter Jacob while he is having a dream but during a stressful time, uh, you, when you have a lot on your mind, it is hard to get good sleep. When there are stressors that are working against your life, it makes it hard to rest. And Jacob had plenty of reason to not rest before we got to the part. We meet Jacob in Genesis chapter 28, but what has happened in Genesis chapter 27 is that Jacob has tricked his twin brother Esau. And uh, Jacob was the son of Isaac and Rebekah. And, and Jacob has, with his mom, Rebekah, have plotted to trick uh, his father, Isaac, out of uh, Jacob's birthright. I mean, Isaac's, uh, Esau's birthright. He has gotten his twin brother's blessing and his birthright. And Esau has had enough of that because Isaac did not have more to give out. And so Esau has decided he is going to kill Jacob. I cannot imagine what it would be like to have a brother actually want to kill you. I'm not talking about sibling rivalry or fighting over toys or bunk bed space or something like that. Esau wanted to kill Jacob. And so Jacob had to get out of Dodge and get out of Dodge quickly. So if anybody would be having a sleepless night. 
it would be Jacob. If anybody that needed some quality rest, if anybody would have some of their rest disturbed, it would be somebody like Jacob. He's leaving his friends and family and everything he knows, and he is out on the road in the middle of nowhere. He's leaving Beersheba, which is considered a more traditional religious stat, and he's headed towards Haran, which is more metropolitan, but he's in the middle of what he ha used to have and what he's about to have, and he's somewhere in the middle, and he's stops to rest. Jacob may not have known it yet, but Jacob was on his way to a turning point in his life. Jacob is in a rough place, no longer surrounded by his friends and family, nor familiar places or even a place to call his own. He feels the need to rest. Jacob is in between a rock and a hard place. Some of it is his own doing and some of it is not his fault. And it doesn't matter sometimes whether you did it to yourself or whether somebody did it to you. But when you are in a rough place, that is a hard place to be. And some of it is not his fault, but you also have to be careful who you listen to. Some people can have your best interest in mind. They can be telling you something that seems good and is, is honest and, and helpful, but in the long run could cause some ruin. Secondly, you have no idea how anybody is going to respond to how you treat them. So you need to watch who you listen to in this text and you need to uh, watch how you treat people. When you treat somebody bad, you can't dictate what their reaction is going to be. When you hurt somebody, you can't tell what they're doing is overreacting because you have no control over how they are going to receive it. So it's best just to treat people nicely. I don't think that when Jacob thought that he was going to trick Esau out of his blessing and his birthright that Esau would want to really kill him. But it happened. He wanted to do it, and he thought, and, and Jacob thought that Esau was serious enough that he was he needed to leave. So you need to, and 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 Rebecca may have had the best interest in mind, trying to see what was good for her son, uh, because she favored uh, Jacob over Esau. But that still doesn't mean that what was in their best interest was what was right. So you watch who you listen to, and you watch how you treat people. And I think about that as I look at what goes on as we interact with people. My heart hurts for how some of us as a people have been talking to one another. My heart hurts for us as a people of how we've been treating one another. Uh, these trying times have showed me that who some people really are. And there are some people that I thought were my friends that actually are not. There are some that I thought that would care about things that happen to people like me and me and, and, and my family and whatnot. And I've learned they actually don't care. You learn a lot about the people. I've watched people spit vitriol at someone simply because of a difference of opinion. And they definitely are spitting vitriol on keyboards and phones that I know they wouldn't say to that person face to face. Hmm. But watch how you treat people and watch how you talk to people. You have no idea how somebody is going to react. And Jacob experienced a reaction that he was not planning for. His life was on the line. So he had to leave all that he had known, his home and his family and his friends, and take off and go on the road. And he came to a stop because he had to rest. 
And in that rest, he grabbed a rock and used it as a pillow, an ordinary item for an ordinary task. The man was just trying to get some sleep. He uses this rock for a pillow and tries to get some rest, an ordinary place, he thought. But here in Genesis chapter 28, Jacob comes into contact with the Lord. The divine shows up and God shows up to talk to little old Jacob and show him, tell him, show him something great and tell him something even greater. This is where Jacob has a dream. He sees this ladder and these angelic beings going up and down the ladder. In the Hebrew, the, the word that they use for ladder literally means being casted up. And Jacob has this dream, and he sees the angels going up and down the ladder. They are connecting with God. And this connection with God is greater than the one that they tried. For those who are Bible readers in your time at home, go back and read Genesis chapter 11. There the people tried to make a tower uh, in Babylon, Babel, and, and, and they tried to make a tower to the heavens. They thought that they were going to build their own tower all the way up to God. And, and, and it did not work. Uh, but read it in, in your hearing Genesis chapter 11. You have a man-made connection to God that people are trying to do on their own. And not only are they trying to do it on their own, they're trying to do it without God and it does not work. But this, this connection to God in chapter 28 is better than the connection to God in chapter, 20, in chapter 11 because it is God-made. We can try to do things on our own, but when God gets involved, it's much better than if we try to do it ourselves. And so here Jacob sees something that is being done by God that man couldn't do. And even better, God speaks to Jacob. Jacob, the trickster. Jacob, the supplanter. Jacob, whose name literally means one who grabs by the heel because when he when he was born, Esau came out first. But Jacob grabbed on to his foot and, 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 and tried and used that to pull himself out. Jacob has always been known as a bad person, a bad child, a bad from birth. This is Jacob who doesn't have any friends or family. This is Jacob who is on the run for his life right now. That same Jacob that would not be considered good by man's standard, God still wants to talk to. God still speaks to this same Jacob. No matter how messed up Jacob was, God still wanted to talk to him. No matter how messed up your life would be, there will be a whole bunch of used to things going on in your past, but no matter how messed up it is, God still loves you and God still wants to talk to you. God wants a relationship with us. God loves us and he's loving and full of grace. God came to Jacob in grace, not beating him over the head for what he just did. Just like God came to Jacob in grace, he comes to us in grace. And God wants to talk to us just like he talked to Jacob. Not only does God talk to Jacob, he tells them the very place where you are standing will be yours. It will be yours and your descendants. Jacob doesn't have a family yet, but he's getting prophesied to by the Lord. Jacob doesn't have anyone yet, but he's, and he stopped by here by chance, or so he thought he did. Uh, but the promise came before the provision. Uh, I'll say that again. The promise came before the provision. They say that the third time is a charm, and I'll slow down when I say it. The promise 
came before the provision. You have a man that is running for his life, has lost the friends and family that he knows, has no land to his name. And God comes to him in the midst of all that and says, no, you are going to have descendants. You are going to have so many descendants. They're going to be on the east and the west and the north and the south. He tells them that the land that you you don't own land right now. You are homeless right now. But the place where you stop for a pit stop is going to be where I provide for you more than you can imagine. He le- and not only that, but God lets Jacob know in the midst of his trials that he is not alone. God is with him, and he promises that he's going to bring him back to this place, this place where he took a pit stop because he was in pain. He's going to bring him back to this place, and he's going to own it. And he's going to have a, he's making him a promise God lets him know that he will be there until he will be with Jacob until the promise is kept. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should seek cause to repent. If God says it, then he's going to do it. That settles it. His word does not come return to him void. If God said it, God will do it. A word from the Lord takes us from being lonely to being surrounded by people. A word from the Lord takes us from trying to hide on some land for fear of our life to owning the land. A word from the Lord will make it all right. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of God stands forever. And so Jacob realizes now that this ordinary place has become extraordinary. This, 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 sec, this secular place has become sacred. He wakes up and realizes that he met God. He met God and he's at the house of God. That's why he named the place Bethel, which means house of God. His response was praise again. The proper response, even though his life is still being threatened, even though he is homeless, even though he is without friends and family, that word from the Lord came to him and the proper response was praise. Jacob realizes that he had experienced God at this place. And he built an altar. That, so that pillow that he had, that stone that he was using for a pillow, he puts oil on it to remind him of the promise that God had. Jacob found his own place of worship. Sometimes you have to find your place of worship. You have to find your place of worship through the tears. You have to find your place of worship through the pain. You have to find your place of worship through the loneliness and the sorrowness and the brokenness. You still can push through and find your place of worship. I'm reminded of a song by Marvin Sapp called Place of Worship. Track number nine on his album called Thirsty, if you're scoring at home. In that song, he says, the fine, go and find your place of worship. Look into your pain and find your praise. Every low place in your life prepared you for the high place. Every tear that you cried is water for the garden of your victory, even though you are in the valley. Victory comes through your adversity. Go and find your place of worship. Go to God in the middle of your problems. 
He won't turn you away. God loves you. God wants a relationship with you. God is full of grace and he wants to come to you. God's promise is that he won't leave you nor forsake you. You can take your rest in him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come. Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Don't forget to connect with me on social media, Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, at Pastor J. Simpson Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching, and God bless.